Welcome to the East City Wesleyan Church podcast. Thank you so much for listening. And if you would like to learn more about East City Wesleyan Church, please go to ecw.org.nz for more information. Now, here's your podcast. Good morning, East City Wesleyan Church. I am so glad to be able to meet with you uh, this morning or whenever you tune in to watch this service But I'm thrilled with the response, but also how everyone has received and adapted uh, the Word of God through an online medium, through our YouTube channel. And if you're joining us from outside of East City Wesleyan Church, I am so thankful that you're joining us today. We've been following a series through the story, 31 Weeks Overview of Scripture, and we're just coming out of the wandering and the people getting to the promised land. So it's an exciting story that's going to unravel this morning as we meet and gather and open up God's Word. And I hope and pray that it challenges you as it's been challenging me in my own spiritual formation and my own discipleship. So I want to ask you a question this morning. Have you ever faced straight on an overwhelming challenge that scared the death out of you? If you did, did you confront it? Or did you retreat from the reality of how scary it was? In the story, we find Israel facing an overwhelming challenge. After 600 years from God's promise to Abraham to make him a great nation, the children of Israel are ready to advance into the promised land. But there's a big problem. There are wicked people already living in the land. Among those people are some literal giants. The children of Israel are under a new leader, Joshua, And they are at Kadesh Barnea, where 40 years earlier they took a major wrong turn. Under Joshua, God tells the new generation to take the land. Joshua is told four times by God, be strong and courageous. Now is the time for the courage. We're launching a new series within the story, and we're going to call it Against the Ropes. Now, I personally love a really good boxing story, and all hands down, my favorite story is that of boxer James J. Braddock. After facing chronic hand injuries and the Great Depression, he was decommissioned from boxing and lost his prized income in which he was once flourishing. You could say that James Braddock, he was against the ropes. Standing in food lines and receiving welfare benefits, Things got tough for him and his family. Rather than sulk about it and throw in the towel, James got his lucky break and got a paying fight with no notice to enter the ring once again. Thankfully, he had been working down at the shipping yards, and due to his powerful right hand being injured and unable to use, he was working hard labor with his left, and little did he know that that would be a game changer for him in the boxing ring. Hoping he would last a few rounds, James J. Braddock knocked out John Corn Griffin, catch this, in the third round. A few fights later, James J. Braddock would find himself in the ring with the heavyweight champion of the world, Max Baer. The odds were 10 to 1 against Braddock. Now, it was said that Baer fought simply for a paycheck, and Braddock found what he was truly fighting for. Deep down inside of him, this great hope and the provisions for his family gave him a new meaning 
to succeed inside the ring. James J. Braddock defeated Max Bear and became the heavyweight champion of the world. So how about you? Are you feeling a little against the ropes? Quarantine? Fear and anxiety with every news flash of COVID-19? Intermingling, seeing people walking about? Hearing that loved ones or people in your family are getting sick? Are you putting the fun and dysfunctional as we're all cooped up and indoors together? If you've been watching your Kiwi Saver or the stock market, finances could have you a little bit down right now too. And all overall illnesses, if you're feeling the scratchy sore throat or developing a cough or running a fever, there's a lot of anxiety running around that right now. And we feel a little bit backed into a corner and up against the ropes. In all fairness, life's not that easy right now. But there's one thing that I know for certain. God is good. So I want to ask you this. Do you know what you're fighting for? I remember back in primary school, and one of my closest friends, Mike, and I started pushing, and ultimately it elevated, it escalated quickly, and we began hitting one another. Now, this was happening in the boys' restroom, and our female teacher comes flying into the boys' restroom. She comes running to break us apart and break up the fight. And I remember being walked down to the principal's office, and I sat there to wait for the principal to address our misbehaving. And I was scared out of my wits. I hated getting in trouble. And the principal, the first things that he said, and was so wise, he said, I thought you guys were friends. Why were you fighting each other? Our response as we looked at each other, like, that's a great question. We didn't have an answer to it. We didn't know why we were fighting. So loads of confusion begins to happen and set in when we really don't know what we're fighting for. We make mistakes, we hurt people, and ultimately we do not live up to the purpose in which we were created. If we're going to fight, let us know what we're fighting for. So back to the story. God is not leading the people aimlessly across the desert. But a pivotal shift is about to occur in the story. God's promise is nearly about to be revealed and is going to change an entire nation of people. It's an exciting reveal. The people have experienced isolation. They've grumbled. They've made many, many mistakes. They've revolted and turned their backs against leadership and God from time to time. Yet, those of us that know the rest of the story, it's going to be worth it very soon. They will soon see that there is great things in store for their wandering through the desert. And that that's soon going to be over as they enter into the promised land. So God tells Joshua and the people three things that they need to be successful. And one of the first ones, and I want to offer this to us, you and I, that we can remember this in times to where we have a lot of thinking time on our hands right now. To perhaps reclaim the foundations of our faith and our relationship with God. And it's a good reminder to me, and I hope it's a good reminder to you. Be people of the book, the word of God. 
Joshua 1.8 says, Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. When Achan sinned by not heeding the word of God, the people lost the battle at Ai. Joshua 7, chapter 7. After the loss, Joshua read the entire book of the law to the people to reclaim that truth and that central focus on God's law. Joshua chapter 8, verse 34. So we often hear that as Christians, we should read the Bible, but why? Why do I read the Bible? Dwight L. Moody once said, he said, the scriptures were not given to increase our knowledge, but to change our lives. It's the living word of God. It does something radical inside of you. It's not just a book. It's a living word of God, the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. It's his love story to you and I. So I agree with Moody that there is life-changing information in the Bible, both the Old Testament and the New. As a Christian, I believe it's vital that we spend time reading and trying to understand what God is telling us through the Word. The most important thing we're to learn from the Bible is insight into God's character. The more we understand His character, the more we know His love for us. It is through this understanding that God provides us the framework of living a holy life. The more we try to emulate God, the more and more we become like Him. When reading Scripture, we should do so with intention. By studying God's Word, one can learn not only about God's traits, but also about His plan for our lives. The two most important questions we should ask when reading the Bible is what can I learn about God's plan and what can I learn about God? Church, this is why we launched the story, an initiative to promote weekly reading of Scripture and to do this together. We each have accountability and hopefully you've all found the joy in reading through God's Word in unity. It's truly a powerful experience. Another major component that may have become quite prominent in your life this week is to be people of prayer. Kind of like these gentle hearts and their prayers. It says One little boy says, Dear God, my mom tells me that you have a reason for everything on earth. I guess broccoli is one of your great mysteries. Or how about this? Please make my parents understand that if I don't eat salad, I do better at school. Or I like this one. Dear God, please put another holiday between Christmas and Easter. We need a break. In all seriousness, prayer changes everything. God says, talk to me before you go to battle. I will be in front. So something interesting about the journey that Joshua would lead the people on was that he would default his prominent and rightful place as leader to the Lord. To demonstrate that God was going first, the Ark of the Covenant would always lead the people of Israel. When we follow God, we have 100% victory over whatever battle we are facing. Regardless of the hardship, the burden, the stress, and the fear, cast your cares upon the Lord. He can handle it, and he'll help you and I every step of the way. So when was the last time God clearly answered one of your prayers? 
It's a good reminder that he's still on the move. Ponder that. Be thankful. And all these prayer requests that you keep bringing before him over and over and over again to not see an answer, your answer's coming. Another major component is recognizing the need to walk the walk and talk the talk. Be people who identify with God. The Israelite soldiers who came out of Egypt had been circumcised. However, they died while wandering in the wilderness for 40 years due to their disobedience. The men born of these soldiers in the wilderness were not circumcised. The men needed to be circumcised before they could begin fighting, and this also showed their commitment to God. In Joshua 24, Joshua brings all the tribes together, reminds them of their blessings and the promises that God had fulfilled on their behalf. Joshua asked them if they wanted to serve God or the foreign gods, and they replied, We will serve the Lord, our God, and obey Him. For that reason, Joshua made a covenant for the people to reaffirm their commitment to serve God, to obey His laws and His decrees, and recorded this commitment in God's book of law, Joshua 24, verses 25 and 26. Joshua then placed a stone under a tree as a reminder that held the Israelites accountable to the commitment they made to serve the one true God. This was all about a covenant and wearing the brand, if you will. Now here in New Zealand, and many of you around the world, we're experiencing something very unique right now. We personally are on lockdown for, the, for at least the next four weeks. This is no excuse for Christians to hide in the shadows. We must walk the walk and talk the talk. This is our opportunity to think creatively and to love abundantly. How can we engage with each other online? How can you engage with your neighbor? What are ways in which you can be serving the people around you? Here's some practical next steps. Go for a prayer walk, keeping social distancing, not to disrupt anything, and just quietly in yourself pray for every home, driveway, person which you see as you're walking around your neighborhood. Pray for them. Engage in conversation across the fence or the hedge or the driveway. The people that you often drive by and pass, pause for a moment and say, hello from a distance. Strike up a conversation. Be kind and generous when doing your grocery shopping and thank those that are at risk working to serve you and I. Aim to put a smile on people's face wherever you are and wherever you go. How about this? Pick up the phone and ring someone, even if you've never talked to them before. A little encouragement goes a long way right now. And we, as the church, the family of God, can generate that great hope. Utilize Skype, FaceTime, Zoom, and social media to stay connected. What else would you add to the list? I hope you can discuss it with the people that you're in lockdown with or pick up the phone and call your home group to say, how can we better reach out to those that might feel isolated and marginalized right now? Throughout the book of Joshua, we see ways in which the upper story, where God is, we've talked about this week after week, impacts the lower story. 
what you and I experience as life. So through the book of Joshua, we see this blending together as God does some miracles to the fulfillment of his promises. God is magnified throughout the pages as he reveals a bit more of himself to his creation in one of the greatest love stories ever told. God delivers his people to the promised land and fulfills generations of promises. Those who follow recognize that God is indeed good. So if you're feeling a bit against the ropes today, and it seems like punch after punch is knocking you down, hang in there and remind yourself that God is good. God loved the people. He loved the Israelites. And it took them 40 years to see the big reveal. God loves you and he cherishes you. Let us know and be aware of what we are fighting for and let it be something we actively pursue. We're not to be bystanders and those waiting on happenstance, but let us truly be a family of God that carries hope and joy to the world around us. Let us still find ways to spread the love of Christ to all we encounter and may God smile upon us and give us his favor, we pray. Amen. God bless you guys.